Luigi Boccherini, 18th century composer and cellist, was indeed both a distinctive composer and a virtuoso as a cellist. And here are his thoughts on the relationship when the roles are assumed by different individuals. He writes, The composer achieves nothing without executants, those who perform. These must be well disposed toward the author, then they must feel in their hearts all that he has notated. They must come together, rehearse, investigate, finally study the mind of the author, then execute those works. In this way, they almost succeed in stealing the applause from the composer, or at least in sharing the glory with him. For while it is pleasing to hear people say, what a beautiful work this is, it seems to me even more so to hear them add, oh, how angelically they have executed it. Words of Luigi Boccherini from a letter of the 8th of July, 1799, to Marie-Joseph Chenier. Cellist and scholar Elizabeth Le Guin of the Artaria Quartet was intrigued by the conversation between performer and composer in the music of Luigi Boccherini, profoundly, she feels, unlike what she's experienced in playing music by any other composer. She was so intrigued, in fact, that she actually wrote a book to explore her questions, and it is titled Boccherini's Body. Anyone who performs old music or who has written about its history can attest to identifying with composers. The identification can be a haunting or an irritating experience, containing as it does the potential for possession or invasion, shot through with sorrow, since in Western classical music so often the composer is long dead. Revelatory, voyeuristic, at its best and sweetest, we might call it intimate, implying that it is somehow reciprocal. I will contend two things here. First, that the sense of reciprocity in this process of identification is not entirely wistful or metaphorical, but functions as real relationship. And second, that this relationship is not fantastic, incidental, or inessential to musicology. It can and should be a primary source of knowledge about the performed work of art. Le Guin then proceeds to take us through the mutual relationship involving Boccherini and those with bows in their hands. She keeps returning to the fundamental nature of how it feels for a performer to play Boccherini's music, and she often writes of embodiment. For her, Boccherini's music is embodied by the players in a dramatic way. And ultimately, she reminds us in an important way that such music lives through bodies. That may seem like an obvious conclusion, but haven't we all come to sense something missing in this time of the COVID pandemic? Sharing the same space with living, breathing musicians, perhaps. And what is so wonderful in recent weeks is the return of so many performing groups to in-person concerts, so the music can be shared in the same space as the players. And this Sunday, it is a special opportunity to spend time with musicians 
who are performing music of Luigi Boccherini. And Elizabeth Le Guin would be delighted. The piece will be accompanied by a dancer, as if to underscore the power of a person's presence in the performance of this music in our lives. This Sunday, the Gabriel Chamber Orchestra will present an intriguing program at the Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Schoolkill Haven at 3 in the afternoon. We had a chance to learn more about the group from founding violinist and artistic director of the Gabriel Chamber Ensemble, Simone Maurer. This is our 32nd season. We started off originally as a piano quintet, and then it shrank down to a piano quartet, and then one pianist retired, and it stayed a trio as a bass. But we always expanded to larger groups, and just this year we expanded back to a piano quintet as a bass. This past year has been trying for performing ensembles. Tell us how you all made it through the worst of the pandemic. Uh, well, we did have to cancel most of, of all indoor concerts. And uh, most of the season, we had a couple of outdoor events that were received very well because <laughs> there was nothing, you know, it was like uh, starved animals coming for, for, uh, for a meal. Uh, everybody was so appreciative that uh, we could do that. But it was, it's been a very tough two years for the arts. Well, it's intriguing because you are able to use the performers and their distinctive talents to choose music from different periods and make an exciting program. In this case, Mozart to Piazzolla, and it all coalesces. Tell us about what came first. Was the new work, was the Rusty Banks work the linchpin? How did you begin to build a program like this? Well, we actually had a sponsor who originally sponsored this concert who wanted a guitarist on the program. And so that's how it all started. Uh, in the meantime, he passed away. So the, the idea of, of working with a guitarist remained. And I went on tour in two, 2019 with Rusty Banks. And I've known him as a player, as a composer, and I thought he would be a good choice to join us. And I'm very happy so far with uh, what's going on. Well, introduce us to him a little bit more. Uh, Rusty Banks resides in Lancaster, and I believe he has a master's in composition from Florida State. And he teaches at FNM in Lancaster and Millersville University in Lancaster and actually does a lot of modern music. He's a big part of the uh, Naked Eye Ensemble in Lancaster, and he writes for them, he plays guitar for them, and he plays all kinds of styles, anything from classical to, you know, hardcore, (laughs) electric. He does it all. Now, what about the genesis of the piece that you will be introducing? So he calls it Ritornello, and it's pretty much a showpiece for the guitar with a a string quartet backing it up. We do have some nice little interjections, but it's mostly to to showcase him. And that's not the only time that he will be performing on this program. That's right. We're also performing the ever, ever glorious Vivaldi Guitar Concerto. And of course, everybody loves that piece. And then 
Luigi Boccherini's uh, Fandango also has guitar in it. So there are, he's involved in three works, and he will also join us in Piazzolla. I have a part for him that I think he's going to just jam along. He can kind of, you know, he has a really good ear and will just uh, fill in whatever he hears. What's this we hear about castanets and a flamenco dancer? That's right. So uh, Luigi Boccherini's Fandango has a place for castanets. And instead of just getting a person click-clacking their, their little hand castanet, we got a flamenco dancer. We're assembling a nine-by-nine floor where she can, you know, clack her heels and, and do some moving and, uh, and do the castanets as well. People might not remember when they hear Luigi Boccherini, they think Italy, but he spent time in Spain, yes? He is Italian, but he, his entire life was basically in Spain. Very early in his career, he went to Paris, and in Paris, he met the Spanish ambassador who uh, invited him to come to Spain. And in Spain, he very quickly met up with the brother of the Spanish king, and got a job at his court. His title was something like Virtuoso of Chamber Music or something like that. So that court had a string quartet, an excellent string quartet. And of course, Luigi Boccherini was a great cellist. So he added himself to that quartet and he wrote many, many cello quintets, the first of its genre. I think it, it could be over 100. I have to look that up again, but it's many, many cello quintets. He was he was Italian, but he spent most of his all of his all of his adult life in Spain. He was right in the heart of it, and this this piece was written very close to the end of his career. So I am sure he had lived and heard and felt and seen the fandango and knew exactly what he was going for. Now you mentioned the cello. Is there something in the Mozart string quartet that you've chosen that is distinctive in terms of the cello? That's an interesting question. Yes, you're absolutely right. This work, K590, is the last of the three Prussian string quartets, and they were dedicated to King Friedrich Wilhelm, who was himself an amateur cellist, and who may or may not have, it's not quite clear, paid for this commission. So they are nicknamed the cello quartets because unlike all the other Mozart string quartets, these three are extremely challenging for the, for the cello. The cello doesn't just have a bass part. It's very often used as, as a sort of first violin with melodic passages. Actually, it's not just the cello. Everyone is an equal partner. It's almost sort of looking forward to Beethoven, where everybody had an equal, an equal say. But yeah, they are named the cello quartets because they're they drive the cello up into the stratosphere, and uh, they're wonderful, wonderful pieces. All in all, then, tell us about the Piazzolla. Uh, the Piazzolla was an afterthought. You know, once you hire somebody to come to dance, and you realize you need a dance floor. And I was talking to Eva Conti, who is the dancer, and I said, I would like to program an encore, but not just call it an encore, just put it on the program. So she suggested this. Piazzolla uh, Libertango, which has been done in all kinds of formations. And we're just doing a uh, string arrangement with guitar. And funny enough, the first cello part will be played by a French horn. The husband of Gerald Heiser 
So some of the melodies, the tango melodies, will be represented by the French horn. And she will do her, her dancing on her dance floor as we play it. But tell us then where we find you and, and when. We are performing this Sunday at the Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Schuylkillhaven on 25 Dock Street. And all that information you can find on gabrielensemble.org. That's our uh, website, and all the details are there. You can buy tickets at the door. There will be some social distancing. Some pews are not accessible just because we're still dealing with this D variant. But we are so happy to be back to live music, and I want to thank you for helping us putting the word out. It's almost like a restart. We've been sort of dormant and doing very little, and something's virtual, and the live aspect has been missing, and it's so valuable. Simon Maurer founding violinist and artistic director of the Gabrielle Chamber Ensemble, speaking about a performance this Sunday afternoon at 3 at the Jerusalem Lutheran Church, 25 Dock Street in Schuylkill Haven, and the program will feature a wide range of pieces with a guest guitarist. There will be this music by Luigi Boccherini, the Fandango, and... With the Fandango and the performers will be guest dancer and castanet player Eva Conti. And then there will be music of Mozart, that marvelous string quartet, one of the Prussian string quartets, the Libertango by Piazzolo, where the dancer and the guitarist return, and Vivaldi's guitar concerto that is so much loved in D major. And a world premiere of a piece by the guitarist himself, Rusty Banks, and it's all part of an exciting return to performing in person for the Gabrielle Chamber Ensemble. And for more information on the web, G-A-B-R-I-E-L, GabrielleEnsemble.org, Simon Maurer and Dana Alaban violins, Agnes Maurer, viola, and Gerald Heiser, cello with guest guitarist Rusty Banks, the composer of a new piece that will be featured and a special visit from New Jersey, the dancer Eva Conti. <laughs>